For the first time in three weeks, welcome to a new episode of The Morning After with Mike Keller and Jenny Matthews. Yeah! To quote the great Jason Aldean, we back. Hey, <laughs> stupid Rona. I about had enough of that. So, stuff. stuff. <laughs> so let's talk about, can we like this go there? Because some people might not have heard all the details about your Rona experience. Yeah. Well, I just know that that day... You looked fine. You acted fine. I think you were having a pretty good day. And right at the very end of our show, you said, hey, I don't know what's going on, but all of a sudden, like, I don't feel good. Well, it, I remember, like, towards the very last hour of our show, this was a couple Mondays ago, I just, I noticed a slight tickle in the back of the throat. Nothing at all. Just a slight tickle. But, you know, the Rona is big with, like, coughing and things like that. So I was like, hmm. And I kind of monitored myself throughout the day. It was the next day uh, and like I think by that night I developed a fever, like like a 99. But still, I was like, okay. I've got a tickle in my throat. I've got a fever. The way the world is right now, let's not risk it. So I, I unfortunately I, had to call, I called you at like nine o'clock that night. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna see how I feel in the morning. But right now I'm, I'm feeling kind of cruddy, and if it's still this, I can't come in. So I took the next day off. But when I woke up in the morning, I took my temperature it was at 97. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's gone. Cool. I'll be back on Wednesday. Here we go. By the end of the day, Tuesday, it came back. My, my fever came back, went up to 101. I was on my ass. It was terrible. And then that was the big one. Like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was dead. Because I remember what happened was Tuesday afternoon, I actually came down to the radio. I called Todd, our boss. I, had, I was like, hey, there's a decent chance that I'm still not going to feel good tomorrow, but I don't want to miss any more radio show. I, I, I hate missing our show. I like, know. Right. So I was like. I call him and I'm like, if I come down to the radio, say, I'll just park in the garage. I'll open my trunk. Can you put, uh, remember like the last time we did a podcast and we were in Nashville, we used like special equipment, like travel equipment. Uh, I was like, can I just get that equipment and take it home, you know, just in case. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So Wednesday, I'm still not feeling great, but I, I come down, I, I set the equipment up so I can, I'm with you guys virtually. But Wednesday morning before the show, I had did the swab in the nose because I just I was still feeling crappy. And I'm like, I just I just had like a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I did the I did the at home. I had tested negative on Monday. Wednesday morning I tested and that thing came back positive so fast. Like, you know, like if somebody who were three months pregnant took a pregnancy test, like how quick that positive shows yeah. up. Same thing. Like it was it says takes 15 minutes. It took 90 seconds to tell me <laughs> that it was positive. Okay, so here's what you don't know behind the scenes here. So whatever day that all happened and we found out that you were positive, Todd ran to the store and bought some tests for me and Tater to take. So we we had quite the bonding experience while you weren't here um, doing the test in which you have to take the swab. If you haven't done one, you take like a long Q-tip situation and you, yeah. you and you just have to swirl it around the inside of your nose. Yeah. Well, what did it say, Tater? Like you had to do it, I don't know, for so oh, long. You yeah. have to do it five times in each, you know, five full swirls yeah. per nostril or 15 seconds. Okay, so we were like... One Mississippi, two Mississippi, <laughs> yep. three Mississippi, and we're swa swabbing our nostrils, and then, you know, we, we had to sit and wait. I felt like we were waiting for the results of a pregnancy test, and then, thank God, we did not have it, and neither one of us had symptoms or got sick or hey, anything like that. real talk, because, you know, I'm kind of a jerk most times and very selfish, but I will tell you, I was hanging on every minute of, of wanting to hear your guys' results, because I would have felt awful yeah, if you, you can't, guys I, I know you, you can't know, this thing like, is everywhere i know you can't but you do you can tell no, me course. don't feel bad but i'm gonna feel bad there's i totally get it but that's the thing with the rona as we know it's just it's everywhere and you know you can't there's just you can only do so much i mean it's just it is what it is yeah so mrs keller and i, I would say especially it was like a wednesday thursday friday i mean i was just 
done. I remember Wednesday I actually did the show with you guys virtually, and that was like the I had taken the sick day Tuesday, and I came back Wednesday. I was with you virtually, but remember I couldn't even make it through that show because I woke up and I felt okay because I had a good night's rest. But then by like about eight thirty, I remember just kind of going, "Whoa!" Like, I'll be I, honest, I was impressed that you did any of the show at all, just because when you are sick like that, especially with a yeah. fever, you just don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. And then that Wednesday was was the worst. That was the worst of it for me. It really hit hard that when I tested positive and I remember it was funny because my wife and I then at home we, we, we set like boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like the one level of the house was going to be hers and the only time I could use that level was to go to the bathroom otherwise I had to be there. Like I had to be pretty, I was pretty much confined to my man cave which is and there's a 75 inch TV and a Playstation down there. I was fine. No problem. Um, but we tried separating the house and it worked for two days. But then all of a sudden Friday she goes I'm starting to kind of feel like crap. And then I think Friday night she tested in a rapid test and she tested positive. But at, but at that point, I was cool because you know what? Then we slept in the same bed that night, which was nice. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't slept in the same bed with her in a couple nights because we were trying to well, be separate. And the other thing, too, is just to get it over with. Now mm. it's been through your house. It's done. You've had it. It's over. You know, I, when my daughter had it, we all kept testing, but nobody else mm. got it. That's and good. well, it is good, but. I, at the same time, I was kind of like, okay, well, if anybody here is going to get it, let's just get it over with. You know what I mean? Right. You just hate, because then I would hate to have to go through that whole experience again with somebody else in the yeah. household. I think the crappiest part for you, and I hate to bring up a sore subject here, but that you were actually supposed to go on a fantastic family vacation. And I'm just sorry that that got derailed. So for years, we had talked about it for years. And over the last year, we had planned it. Actually, today is supposed to be like the f- fifth of eight Days, but yeah, the the the, the family, Katie's mom, kind of set it up, and uh, we we're all supposed to be in the Dominican Republic celebrating Christmas on a tropical beach right now. But uh, the, our our issue became is that you, you could actually we could have easily traveled to the Dominican because uh, all you need is a vaccination card, and I have one of those. But um, the problem potentially was getting back into the United States because the rule is you uh, you know you have to t- you have to test negative plus show vaccination, I believe, to get back into the United States. And when you get it, which we just got it, they say there's no point in testing anymore because it'll it'll still be in your system. Like it, you'll still test positive for like up to three months after you get it because it's your antibodies that are that are that are showing up there. So we at that point, like we kind of we looked for like, can we get a doctor's note? But because we never actually went and got the PCG test, I think it's called, where we literally just took at home rapid tests. Exactly. Like we never we never did the test that goes to the government for the stats and the things like we never did that one. And because we never did that, we never had documented proof of when we first had it, that we've recovered. So we couldn't get a doctor's because that's what we, we would have needed a doctor's note, right. like a licensed U.S. physician saying that, yes, they'll test positive because they have the antibody. They're safe to return to the United States. We couldn't get that note. Sucks. And so, yeah, at that point, we knew that the uh, and it sucks. It's actually like her mom. And I don't blame because I'm, I'm curious like to say I want to see what everything looks like. So we've been getting pictures all day and it looks wonderful. I'm sure it's It beautiful. looks like they're having a great time, but uh, it uh, it does it does stink too. Well. Like they sent us some beach pictures, honestly, and the beach pictures didn't bother me because it looks like a beach. Like if you've been to a beach, it looks like a beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have sent us some cool pictures of like the just like the architecture of the buildings, obviously, in a country like that is completely different than the United States. And they showed like there was this little village they went to where they had dinner overlooking the, you know, the Caribbean Sea and all that. And just just the the structure and the colors of the buildings. Well, let's be honest, just to be off and to be away with your family and, you know, 80-degree weather, enjoying a vacation. And really, just you deserved it. I know you were really looking forward to it. So in all seriousness, I'm sorry, because that sucks. What are you going to do? I mean, it just is what it is, but... Well, now I'm trying to... I hope... I don't think the in-laws listen to this podcast, but uh, 
what I'm try I kind of want to convince Katie because what I think we'll end up doing is just doing the the Christmas rounds this year. We'll we'll just drive up to Chicago to see her family, uh, and then down to St. Louis see my family, and then back to Kansas City. I kind of suggested to Katie, like, what if we just say, you know, like, F it, look at some flights and do, like, Christmas in New York. I think that would be awesome. I've been there at Christmas time. It's such a cool city that you've never been to, right? I've never been to New York City. Oh and everybody gosh. says, like, New York City at Christmas time is it's the incredible. absolute, is, is, is the best. And I'm like, man, like, what if we did it? So I, I kind of, I did some, I just did, like, some searching, like, just mm -hmm. some internet, so just to search, just to look. And uh, for about, about 1600 Flight and hotel for sixteen hundred bucks for four days, four nights, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of like, now should I put that on the credit card? No, but can I? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm kind of like trying to talk well, her into it. I just don't think she's trying to hear it right now. And I don't know, maybe give it a couple of days, think about it. But I just feel like you kind of, you both kind of earned it. I mean, you deserve something just because you didn't get to go on your big vacation. And I don't know. I know. I'm, and like, sorry. And, well, that's okay. And like we and every year, I talk about the you know the. The thousand mile Keller Christmas journey. We do the we do the big trip up Chicago yeah. to St. Louis and back. I'm kind of tired of that trip, and I love seeing the family. It's not the family; it is the travel, especially the drive. The drive up to Chicago and then the drive down to St. Louis from Chicago is such a a terrible drive. Again, if you're from Iowa, I mean, no disrespect to you. The people in Iowa are wonderful, but the state is terrible. You know, I my, hate that state. My husband wants to our kids to get to the age <laughs> where instead of just doing a bunch of Christmas presents that we do a big mm -hmm. family trip and maybe go to Hawaii, let's say over Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm kind of torn on it because, well, you know me anyway. I don't love to travel. I'm not a great traveler. I enjoy being at home in my bubble. Um, and I'm okay with that. That's, that's who I am. But I, I do think that that's a nice idea. I just don't know. Like when I lived in Florida and, and I was, it was Christmas day and you're wearing shorts and a tank top and it's 80 degrees. It just doesn't feel like Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's something about waking up Christmas morning and the presents under the tree and the cold air and just all, you know what I mean? All the Christmas feels. And I just don't know that I would want to, maybe we would wake up at our house Christmas morning. Maybe we would travel like the next day or something. But I feel like Christmas morning, I want to be at my house in my living hey, room. Hey, you should consider it, like putting this all together. I have flown on Christmas Day before. I have too. Great time to travel. Yeah. Those planes are empty. Yep. I'm here for it. Yeah. Before we had kids, we did that. Woke up just he and I at our house and then went and saw my family in Maryland and we traveled that day. You're absolutely right. There was nobody at the airport. It was kind of a beautiful thing. But... I'm, I'm here for a Christmas Day travel. Like if you wake up a Christmas morning, do the presents. And then by the way, kids, tonight we're flying to Disney mm -hmm. World, something like that. That'd be awesome. Or flying to New York. I'd... So it's been quite a time. You've been dealing with the COVID and, and we then we were doing our shows. I was at home for a little bit because you were at your house because they didn't want anybody to possibly contaminate or have germs. All right. Can we tell the quick behind the scenes story? My favorite thing that happened was, so when I told you guys Wednesday, hey, I've tested positive, I'm out for two weeks. Thursday and Friday, all of us were kicked out. They, they, the company made, made the rest of us take the week in case yeah. somebody else had tested positive. So what had happened was we all, we patched in from home, and then it was our boss, Todd, had to come in early, and he was the guy that put us on the radio. Like He pushed the he buttons in the studio yeah. to, to, to connect us all and do all that. I've always kind of told him, like, hey, Todd, like, we, we, he's in charge <laughs> of the music and like what songs play throughout the day and all that. And... Um, I told him, I was like, hey, let's. I, I think for us in the morning show, when you're waking up, you're trying to get your day started. There are some awesome slow country songs. I just don't think first thing in the morning you're trying to hear Dan and Shay, I should probably go to bed. I totally agree with you. Okay, great song. Great song. Just not at 630 in the exactly. morning. Exactly. What was funny is, so Todd comes in, <laughs> he's running the boy, and he, this is all the music that he has scheduled. It's been his thing. And he's going, 
God, I don't want to hear this song right now. Let me take this out. I'm like, Dad, I've been telling you that. At one point, he goes, this is trash. (laughs) This is trash. (laughs) This playlist is trash. And he built it. It was his playlist that he built. But I think that was good. He got to see. You know, I almost think that in all jobs, the manager should always do the job of the employee for a little while just to see what it's like day to day, the actual running of things. Because you do. You realize, like, okay, you're right. Like, some slow songs in the morning we could maybe do without. Um, oh my gosh, Blue Ain't Your Color from Keith Urban. I hey, can't, oh my wonderful God. song. But that song, like, I, I swear it came up at like seven o'clock one morning, and I'm, I'm like, hell no. Like, I, and I'm, I'm like, let me play some, uh, you know, You Gonna Fly from Keith yes. Urban. Like, I usually try to just replace it with a faster song by the same artist. That's what right. I try to do. I mean, I just, I'm not trying to hear slow songs that early in the morning. Um, but Tater, I know you've been dealing with something yourself. You, you've got a sick kitty cat at home. What's, can you tell everybody about that? Yeah, uh, she's 11 years old, and it, it's funny because it popped up on my Facebook memories of her just being this itty-bitty thing and was whining and didn't want to be left alone, you know, and wanted to sleep in the bed and everything. And then now, fast forward 11 years, and she, you know, was seemed like she was running around and having a good time. And then within the past few weeks, I noticed that she didn't have the same appetite, wasn't acting the exact same. I thought, okay, maybe she's getting a little bit older. Maybe things are happening because she's... Getting, uh, getting, oh, got to put the OLED, like Mike says, the tennis balls on the walker there. So I'm like, okay. But then she was getting real skinny, and I noticed something was definitely wrong. So I wanted to take her to the vet, and I did notice, and I Googled it, which, you know, you're always curious, a uh, little yellowish around her ears and eyes and um, mouth. And uh, they said that that's liver failure. Is vet, oh. vet looked at her one second and was like, oh, a liver failure. So, I mean, she must see it all the time. It's it's her job. So I go, okay. And that was that was fearful. And I said, okay, so what's going on? She goes, I'm not going to bullshit you. That's what she said. She sat down. She looked me straight in the eyes. And I, and I appreciate this 100%. I'm not going to bullshit you. There's two options here. We get a blood test. Comes back that there's no cancer and that the, it can be treated. We're going to have to go full forward with this. We're going to have to go full blast. We're going to have to do a feeding tube. And if we're going to go for it, we're going to go for it. If not, it's euthanasia. And I right. said, okay. And I and it, you know just to to take in that news was pretty wild at that at that point in time. So they went and they uh, took the blood from her, and uh, she was a good little patient. And then when the vet came back in, and I said, "Hey, let, let me uh you know lighten the mood here by telling you a little story about something." I said, "Back in college, I wanted to write this paper about Greek mythology," and the teacher was like, "You know what? It's probably not the best thing for this subject. Why don't you pick something else?" And I said, "Okay, whatever." So it's going around the room, and I look over this. Girl, that's on the other side of the class, and she's got this book. This book, it says euthanasia. I've always heard the word euthanize. Oh, yeah, right. And right. I'm like, and I and I go, I look at the dude next to me. I go, man, how the hell is she gonna write a kid about uh, write a book about little kids in Asia? Little kid, yeah. <laughs> but I can't write, youth in Asia. I can't write about a Greek mythology. She goes, <laughs> who goes? What the hell are you talking about? I go, whatever, dude. And while she was explaining it, <laughs> it it dawned on me that the name is euthanasia and it's euthanize from that. Okay. Right. So she laughed about it and she goes, okay, well, I, I got a funny story to tell you. She goes, uh, since I'm a vet, this makes sense. She goes, well, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I understood that it was actually plea bargaining. I always thought it was flea bargaining. Like you flea go to bargain. a flea market and you try to <laughs> you try to go back and forth on prices. So we had a good laugh about it. And then reality set in that I needed to get the blood test back. But Looks like no cancer. Uh, they Good. placed the feeding tube, and it's been a struggle. And I have to say, I'm not a parent, but I can almost understand how parenthood is because 
I don't know what the hell I'm doing at home feeding her through a tube. Mm-hmm. Is oh, she that okay? That was me with breastfeeding. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Well, you just hold the kid up to a boob and just go. Yeah, right? but you know what stressed me out as a mom is that I didn't. I with breastfeeding, you don't know how much they're getting. You know, if you have a bottle, mm-hmm. you've got the measurements on the bottle. So I remember being. Well, you know me. I'm a nervous Nelly and stressed right. out and whatever. So I, I was always very worried. Like, oh my god, did they get enough? Did they get enough? And I guess they do because they grow. But. Anyway, I'm glad that things are, are, how, are a little better, and I'm how do sorry. You know, okay, yeah, here, non-parent, how do you know when enough is it? Do they just do they just stop stop sucking when they've had enough? Here's the problem. A lot of times, when they're especially when they're itty-itty-bitty, they fall asleep because they're so relaxed while they're nursing, and so that's what would stress me out. Because I, And it's, so I try to wake, wake poor Jules up. I'm like smacking her in the cheek, like, wake up! Eat! <laughs> wake up! Eat the boob! <laughs> Eat the boob, Jules! I mean, I love, I, you know, it's funny. Like I loved breastfeeding when I, when I was doing it, I thought this is so, this is so everything right now. Like I'm, I'm, I love this. And now when I think it's just when you're not in the moment, when you're not doing it or before I even had kids, it seems so freaking weird to think that my children survived for a year of their life off of nothing but my boob. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a wild concept. Ah, the, the, the life-saving teat. <laughs> I'm just so glad that I don't have to have her do anything like that to me. Yeah. Do you want me to breastfeed your cat? Let me breastfeed my cat. Oh, my God. Actually, that was a story. Didn't I tell you that was a headline that I saw on the news the other day? A lady got kicked off a flight because she was breastfeeding her cat. I swear I didn't make that up. I... I don't. I don't I have anything. Story. I, I, don't I don't want know. to add to that. So I, I don't want to talk about that. I don't. I don't like anything about that story, and I don't want to talk about. I it. I think you're fee lying about it. Hey, hey. <laughs> let's pause for effect. You know uh, what? This podcast, <laughs> it's it really is the cat's pajamas. <laughs> it's brought to you by Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, okay, all right. Actually, also brought to you by Prozac. Or amateur Zach, as you like to call it. Uh, congratulations, the new medicine finally kicking in. You, you know, Taylor told you you need to calm down. You finally listen. So here's the thing, um, and I've been very open with this. We talked about it on the air a little bit the other day, but I, um, I have struggled with anxiety since I was a young child, and I, and I really there was no name for it back then, or maybe there was, and nobody just ever figured it out that that's what I had. But I can I can trace it back to a very young child. Even being in second grade and not being able to spend the night at people's houses, things like that. I just had a lot of anxiety as a kid. And then that took in, it went into adulthood to where I was in my early 20s. I started having actual panic attacks. Have either one of you experienced anxiety or panic attacks? Is this something that you even understand at all? A little nah, bit? fam. Sorry, I'm having a do- Jenny brought donuts in. <laughs> oh, eat it. Eat it. Or I'm chowing down. I but. can't. I can't say that I ever have. I worry about a lot of things, but I'm not sure about having like a, an attack or an episode like that. Well, you would know because actually, I had one on the air. I actually had one when Tater was. You still weren't back, Mike, but Tater was in the room with me, and then oh. you were on Facetime, and everyone right. got to witness. It was terrible. I can't breathe, and it's terrible. But anyway, so I decided, I don't know, I've avoided medication my whole life with it just because I feel, I always felt like I should be able to handle it. You yeah. know, I would try breathing exercises, I would read books, I, I therapy, try to figure out the core issues, blah, blah, blah. Well, come to find out here, like 25 plus years later, I just feel like it, it's a chemical thing. I just think it's the way my body is wired that I just can't get it under control. So I had a great talk with my doctor. She says, you know, why don't we just try you on some medicine? Let's try you on some Prozac. Okay, fantastic. Let's give it a shot. And I can't believe I actually went for it because it's something I truly feared. I would have anxiety about taking the anxiety meds. Do you know what I mean? Like it makes it was sense. Well, you, I remember you were very fearful of the uh, 
uh, of the when you got the COVID vaccine. Oh, and then yes. as soon, but I think as soon as you were done, I think there was a. I think you were surprised at how much relief you felt. I had a lot of anxiety relief. That's one of the main reasons I got it because mm-hmm. I was just thought, okay, what's gonna, what's worse for me here, my right. mental state or whatever. So anyway, so I started taking it. Um, I am about five weeks in. It says six to eight weeks before you get the full effect. But yesterday, you can attest, you were in the room. It kicked in for me. And I had the happiest day yesterday. And and to clarify, I, I'm, I'm a happy person. And I yeah. have a happy life. And I'm upbeat and whatever. But some and that's not fake that's that's legit that's who i am but on the inside more often than not while i am happy i am also constantly thinking that i'm dying of some terrible disease and we i mean we laugh about it but it's really not funny it's not funny at all it's terrible but i i have a lot of health anxiety Mm -hmm. that's really my trigger um and just anxiety about just everything so anyway so it, it kicked in yesterday i'll keep you updated because I do feel like it's something that we need to try to erase the stigma of having to take medication for anxiety or depression. <sighs> There's no shame in it. On that same level, too, um, I'm actually really. It's kind of a cheesy way to say it, but I guess it's how I feel. I'm I'm proud of the world because over the last I think just I think just like two to three years, mm-hmm. uh, I I feel like therapy also used to be looked really down upon. Like oh, you you go to a therapist, right. oh you're a psycho, puts you in a padded room. Now therapy is very common. Uh, it's celebrated if somebody posts on social media. I'm trying therapy for the first time. They're they're praised like, "Hey, awesome! Like it'll be great. Like you have no idea how much better you'll feel." Like therapy in the last just two or three years has become a very celebrated, normal thing. And it doesn't mean just because you're going to a little therapy doesn't mean you're a psych. You know, doesn't mean you're a psychopath. Wait, and you need to be locked in too. a room. Like when I say the words mental illness, doesn't that I I don't I think that sounds bad. I think it sounds like oh she crazy. And I and look I am. I am. <laughs> but mental illness. But the thing is if you really break it down, it is an illness of the mind, mm. which is if you had an illness of the body, you would do something. If I need if I had diabetes, I would change my diet and take medication, right? right. Okay, well this is an illness of the mind. So I'm going to take something that's going to help get those levels just right in my mind. It, I don't know why there's a stigma behind it. I don't know why there's shame in it. I, and, and really, I did not take medicine because of the shame in it. I just mm-hmm. didn't take it because I felt like I, I was think, scared of the side effects. And I'll be real with you. The first five weeks on this drug were not easy. Yeah, you had you had some ups and downs. Were you <laughs> yeah. were you afraid of potential addiction as well? No, not with this because no. I'm not sure it's that kind of drug. Mm-hmm. No, but I'll be real with you too. So I have a prescription for Xanax and I do take that as needed. Um, but that is one that you can become dependent on. I guess for me, I don't know how I could become necessarily addicted to it only in that I don't get a high from that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I just get, it shuts my brain off. It just, it probably puts me where a normal person would be in their thought process. You and I have had this conversation about uh, about medicines like that. Are you comfortable? And if not, I can just totally edit this part out. Can, about I'll me, talk about uh, anything. Well, you go. You, I think you know where I'm going. I don't know with with my with uh, oh with what you do with my prescription medication. You can. T- that's your choice to talk about. No, I'm happy to. Oh, like, go for it. Because it's interesting. You talked about uh, stigmas. Yes. You know, and, and how you don't like how the uh, the, the stigmas of things work. Mm-hmm. So a couple months ago, I. Uh, I was uh, I was actually I was at an event, and the uh, one of the companies uh, it was Casey Cannabis was the company was there, and I got to talking to them about uh, about medical marijuana, and uh, like full keeping it real on the podcast. Yeah, in high school, you bet. I I, I, I hey, that, I, I knew somebody, and uh, and I enjoyed it. 
But you know, I, I've never had like a guy, mm. and so I, I would. I, <laughs> your I, I, I never, dealer? I, yeah, no, I've never had like a guy. I've, I've never known anybody who who like so. So I, I, it's not something I pursue like you know that often. And I moved all around the Midwest, so you, you, people like have a guy. I never had a guy. I never, <laughs> I, I didn't partake that often. But like, but when I did in high school, I'll, I'll, it, it worked for me. Would I enjoy- it blow your mind if I was like, hey, I'm the guy. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm kidding. So I, I had a conversation with these guys, and they <laughs> we were talking about, and I and I had said how I had thought about getting a, uh, a a card because I enjoyed it at nighttime because it gave me a better sleep. And um, I got to talking to those guys about it. And I thought, but I was like, I was like, but I know I'm not qualified for it because my understanding in like the state of Missouri here was that like if you want to, the only way you get medical marijuana is if you're like on your deathbed and mm-hmm. wanted to be more comfortable. Like that's the only way you get it. And they were like, no, if you like have anxiety, any. If you have trouble sleeping, me, you absolutely qualify. So actually, I actually had a telehealth conference with a doctor and talked about it. He's like, oh, yeah. you have, And I told him how it's so like for me, my biggest issue was I just couldn't fall asleep like you. I couldn't really turn the brain off. I was thinking usually about our show, ironically. And I would uh, for me, I wouldn't fall asleep till midnight usually and then wake up at 4 a.m. That's unhealthy. That's a very unhealthy way to live. And I'm like, I need to fall asleep earlier, but I can't shut my body down that early. I just, I just can't. No, and I will say with these hours that we have, it is hard because yeah. you, you have to go, 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 go. Okay, and then stop. Go to sleep. Yeah, like if you want eight hours <laughs> yeah. of sleep, you have to go to bed at eight a.m. and or I'm sorry, eight p.m. and right. like especially in summertime when the sun doesn't set till nine. I know that's impossible. And and so I got to talking. He's like, yeah, I think you absolutely said. And so we set up, and I, I now I have my medical marijuana card. And uh, like I've been trying to actually work with companies to promote it on the air, like and talk about it more because I think much how you talked about there's a stigma with certain things there shouldn't be. I think now like being an adult and being more educated about it, I am here for the medical marijuana. It and so what I do now is I have these little these little gummies I take. They taste fantastic. They're like just five milligrams and I'll take one probably around seven o'clock at night and it, it kicks in by about eight. And then by nine, I'm completely unconscious, like I'm asleep mm-hmm. and I sleep seven and I sleep so hard all the way through the night. And honestly, and this is crazy and this isn't me. Everyone's got to do what's right for them, just like the COVID vaccines or whatever. For me, this has worked great because I take a small dosage every night that helps me sleep. And like, I won't do it on the weekends. I'll mm-hmm. stay away on the weekends because I want my body, you know, you, you build that tolerance up or whatever. I don't want that to happen. But for me, it's really helped. And if you have trouble sleeping at night, like if you have trouble falling asleep at night, it's something that maybe it's time to talk to your doctor about. Because there's a difference between the, the stuff that you were buying out of your friend's truck in high school no, and right. the stuff that's available to you medically now that's, that's, that's grown responsibly and, and manufactured correctly. And that's how I feel about Xanax, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. is that there are obviously there are people that use that recreationally. And then they use I don't even know what quantity you would use if you were going to have that. Who's at using a, Xanax? <laughs> first of all, I don't know, because the minute I see it, it shuts my brain off and I want to go to sleep. But, but that's what I mean. Like, I don't feel any you know hallucinogenic effects or anything from it but what really sucks and and i think again with stigma and stuff is that the damn drug addicts have ruined it for (laughs) For the responsible people for real like there are times when i'm in a in a massive panic attack and i can't get my breathing under control my heart is racing out of my chest and i'm sweating i'm dizzy when i'm in a full-out attack that is my rescue. That is what literally gets me back to where right. I need to be. And I and I hate that even and even though I know all this, I'm saying all this, when I have to take it, I feel like I have to hide that I took it. Right. And that sucks. That's stupid. It's something that helps me live my life better. Calm down if you're freaking out. Yeah. yeah. And for, and for me, like remember I used to tell you I used to do like the 
the unhealthy sleeping. I would sleep for like two to three hours in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then three to four hours. That's what I had to do because I couldn't fall asleep. So now I've actually, I don't, I don't nap as much as I used to. And if I do, it'll be like a 30 minute power nap. And then so I, and I'll, I'll, I'll take my edible again, like around seven o'clock for me by nine o'clock. I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting seven hours of sleep every night. It's completely changed my life. And, you know, I, I don't think there should be a stigma because there's so many places that promote a happy hour. It's like, oh, well, come on out three to till five, right? When you get off work, come crack open a beer with us or have this mojito or whatever. Yep. It's like, that's okay. Cause, uh, and, and it's always been that way because alcohol has been, and prohibition is its own term. Like, they didn't yeah. even have to do that then. That was for money's sake and all that. It's like, I, I was told probably about a decade ago, they said marijuana will be legal, and I didn't think it would be. I thought they were just talking out of their backside. They said, until the government finds out how to make money off of it and regulate it, they're mm-hmm. going to make it legal because there's so many benefits. And I said, okay. And prescription-wise, I'm not really knowledgeable about it, so mm-hmm. I didn't know. But, I mean, if you think about it, alcohol, you can go out and drink yourself to death if you want today. And here's and, the best part. It, it wasn't you know, uncommon for me to have a beer like on a weeknight. I don't do it. I don't do that because that would kind of help calm me down a little bit. You know, I have completely like I don't drink alcohol at the house anymore because because there's just there's no need to. And, and like, honestly, it makes you feel I do. As I've gotten older, my hangovers get worse. So I, I really don't drink a lot unless you know, it's, it's concert night or Saturday night or whatever. Hey, let's go. But um, for the most part. Yeah. But like the, the way I feel the next morning after consuming my 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 edible that has been properly mm-hmm created but what's cool and it's cool like the edible by the way the things i have these little like little they're like little fruit snacks they're like gumdrops they taste delicious they're like literally just like a gumdrop and then what they do is and, and it's made by like somewhere in missouri like an, an actual candy maker like they make the gumdrop and then it's sent to the store where they will in, inject uh the thc into it and that's how the the you get the effect and you get help sleep now, it's you- really cool that like the professional way and the, the doing it correctly and legally it's it's really neat to learn about the process and you know I love you. I don't judge you. I think that everything you're saying, I totally understand exactly where you're coming from, Mm -hmm. but to give another perspective on it. And this is where I struggle with it just Mm -hmm. because it's like, and I know it's not for me because my brother died of a drug addiction and I believe it all started when he started smoking pot as Mm -hmm. a, as a teenager. And I know like some people are going to roll their eyes hard at that and be like, Oh my God, it's a gateway drug. That's what she's trying to say. And, and, and I, I'm being honest with you. I do. I do think it's where everybody starts. I think anybody who got into drugs didn't start with heroin. <laughs> I think they started straight to the black yeah, tar. I don't think they started there. I think uh-uh. they. I think they started because because the whole idea is that you want whether it's alcohol, which again with the legality of that, but you know it's like you want something to to get your mind off of to go to a different yeah. place or to get, make you feel get, happy, make you, make you feel good, yes, feel right. a certain way. Um, so I I struggle with it, and I guess as a mom, I struggle with the legality of marijuana just because I mm-hmm. don't. I guess I just don't want to promote it to my kids. I don't want to be like, does that make sense? Like, I yeah. just don't, I don't, I well, just you, don't, I, I really prefer that they not do any drugs. Yeah, I was saying, well, as a mom, you probably don't want them to ever, I know you obviously don't want to smoke cigarettes. You don't want them to smoke. You don't want them to do THC. You probably don't want them to ever drink or anything right. like that. But, you know, but um, I, w- I would, I struggle with that. I don't want to say like everyone should try, but I, I, <sighs> I don't want to, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. my mom's, my mom is listening to this. Mom, you may not know this. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've tried the marijuana. Whoa! <laughs> the devil's lettuce has been Why? in your possession. You heathen! Revelations are coming out. No, I mean, I honestly, I think, I'd say most, most people did. But I mean, in high school, and I did. But I will say, like, it... I mean, it had an effect. I wouldn't have wanted to have driven a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I... Do you know what I mean? I mean, you, you feel a certain way. I, 
But then I'm, but then Tater, I go always go back to what you're saying about alcohol, mm-hmm. which you can go legally get mm-hmm. drunk as a skunk and do the same thing. So I don't, I don't know. I I just really struggle I, with that. And illegality. I also, and, and what I've noticed about opinions of marijuana is it is a, uh, I think it's a generational thing. I think folks who are a little who are older who have been told their whole life that marijuana is bad, it's illegal, it's a bad drug, da da da, like. When that's been put in your head for 60 years, 50, 60, you're not going to change your mind on it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I do think the younger generation is a little more accepting of it because it's been, you know, it's been recently, you've, you've seen some benefits of it. And it's not some miracle drug to me by any means. It just helps me sleep No, at night. but I love that it works for you in the way of sleep. If you're a cancer patient, it perhaps mm-hmm. sparks an appetite for you or makes your symptoms reduced. I mean, I, I love that for people. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But do you know... What I mean, I just don't want it to become so accepted that kids are just like, yeah, it's legal. Like, let's go. I just, I don't want to make it. Well, there's, there's something there's, that you but, just but, should but do. just like alcohol, there's going to, there's an age limit on it. You know, you have to be, yeah. I, like, I know at the dispensary I go to, you have to be 18 just to put a foot in the building, but you actually have to be 21 to uh, make a purchase. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the, and, it, and it's the same everywhere, I believe. And um, I don't like, I totally see what you're saying. Cause like, yeah, I think everybody who may be turned into a, a, you know, consumed heavier drugs usually starts. And I think for some people, yes, it is a gateway drug, but I think so is alcohol. And I think to ban marijuana because some people don't know how to control themselves. I know what you're saying, yeah. You know, to ban it from everybody then I think is unfair to those of us who consume it responsibly. Okay, but do you think that by making it legal and by having it so accessible that we are saying that it's... Okay. And and here's here's another we'll go we'll go a little deeper on this. Let's I just go. I just told you about this story that I saw today where in New York City they are now opening up these places where uh, people who inject their drugs can go to these safe places to safely inject. I suppose they provide clean needles. Um, they what did I say? They All provide the bad stuff like like they yeah, like heroin uh, and everything. It, it, to make sure you don't overdose, they have right. Narcan like readily available, whatever. I really struggle with that on one hand i see why okay like you want to try to save some lives on the other hand i see that as complete enabling yeah my my acceptance of drugs does not go past marijuana like i think everything everything else oh, should that. be well i know but that's, and that's where i think the difference is, is was, as our previous conversation was about marijuana the story you just told me about how people have a safe place to inject their but heroin that's, but that's what that's, i mean that's is, insane to is me. that where we're going though is that where our society is going that we're just going to enable and we're just going to make everything available to everyone for every reason and i just don't i don't i'm not here for that that's a no. that's a that's a very fair question to ask but I think my answer is no, because I think, you know, like we talk about just sticking to the marijuana conversation. It's that's THC is, is natural. It's literally grown. It's from a plant. I hear what you're saying. Where, whereas everything else, the ecstasy, the cocaine, the hair, all, all that stuff is man-made. Mm-hmm. It, it, it requires chemicals. It's a lot more unsafe. So I think I think there is a, a, a very firm line that you could draw at marijuana. But I think we're talking about addiction. And people can say, oh, you can't get addicted to marijuana. Sure can. Oh, absolutely you can. You sure can. You can get addicted to all kinds of things. But I, so I think that, you know, if you're just going to talk addiction, I don't know, but I don't know what the answer was with that. Because, you know, my brother, I mean, and he did in- inject. He was a heroin addict. He did everything. Mm-hmm. But he, um, you know, and he, he was just so far down the path that I don't know. I don't know that he ever could have saved himself. I would say anybody who actually overcomes a heroin addiction is to be commended because it is 
I think the, the hardest drug to overcome. I still can't 100% kick soda. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, and I'm, and I understand that, like, as a guy, like, I knew that's one of the reasons I knew I, I, I can never pick up a cigarette. I've never had a cigarette in my life because mm-hmm. I, I know, I, I guess there was a time where I was like, oh yeah, quitting cigarettes is easy. Plus, they stink and everything. I'm sure it's not that hard at all. And then I realized when the first time I really tried to commit to quitting soda, and I'm like, oh my God, like I am really jonesing good. for yeah. a Pepsi right now. And I'm yeah. like, and I have a, like I guarantee cigarettes. Well, and then, and then obviously the, the, we talk about the big drugs. Those are way more powerful than well, a Pepsi. So thinking about my, right. And thinking about my brother, like if, if now I'm thinking, okay, if he was still doing that, if he was alive and he was doing that, that he would be just enabled to go to these places and just shoot up there. I don't know. I, I just, I struggle with it. I do too, but I but I do think that is that is two separate conversations yeah, because right. because the thing the thing with marijuana is I actually think that by legalizing it I think at first there's going to be this boom of interest but then like a generation from now it will be spoken about and consumed as casually as alcohol and just won't be a big deal at all because like well it's just it's just it's just another legal way to potentially feel better and. It'll be like yeah for the, for the for the immediate future yeah it'll probably drive up interest in it a little bit but a generation from now kids who are completely raised where pot's been legal their whole life it just won't be a thing and there'll be a lot of people who will be like hey this helps you sleep better and they'll try it and they'll either like it or they'll be like they'll be like you know like you did and you'll be mm-hmm. like that's oh that is not for me I hate the way this makes me feel and they'll never do it again yeah I don't know like, I don't know I just think I, now that I'm a mom and I and I'm raising these two kids man they're almost nine and eleven I I just have a whole different perspective on everything in life you know but I I don't know I just there are some parents out there though who will like who will have an honest conversation with like their high school seniors mm-hmm. and be like hey sit down and, and like you, you almost have to establish this is a circle and nothing you say in this conversation will be held again it will yeah. be held against you like a court of law right. What have you tried? What have you not tried? What are you curious in trying? And then there are some parents who will go out and get something for them. My kids. dad always said that. He just said, so, you, you want to do something? Do it right here in my living room. Like, yeah. you want to? Or, or, or just so you are, I'd rather the first time you experience this be in the safety of your own home. So heaven forbid you'd freak out or something. You're not somewhere unfamiliar and you don't know what to do. You go off and do something stupid. My biggest thing well, with my kids in general is communication and just I always want them to be able to tell me the worst. I want mm. them to be able to tell me anything. And if they're at a party and they've been drinking and they're not supposed to be drinking, you, I don't, I mean, I care. <laughs> but in that moment, I don't care. In that moment, I want you to just make sure you call me, you know, so it's. Yeah, and then as a parent, I think you have to, you know, if you do decide, you know, you still, you made the right call by calling me, but you still made you, you did what I asked you not to do. You went out, you underage drank or whatever. That's a whole like, different conversation. Right, yeah. but I, like I think like maybe you you establish that, you know, if I catch you and you didn't tell me you drove home drunk, the punishment is going to be 10 times more severe than if you tell me. 100%. Say, hey, you told And maybe even the first time, you let it slide. You know, and my kids are young, but they know my brother's entire story. They know exactly mm. how he died and what he died from and all the things. And I, my husband is always like, don't you think? I mean, they were like five. And I was telling them all that. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's like, don't you think that's a little extreme for their little minds? They're not, they're not dabbling in any street drugs. And I was like... You know what? I want to ingrain that in them from from now till whenever because I am just so fierce about it. I just, I just, I just don't want my kids to ever. Yeah. Hey, do you it. know what? I hope. Uh, I hope that this conversation. First, we appreciate you listening to this. We were all over the place well, here. Oh my I, gosh. But we we just had a pretty serious conversation yeah. about about you know drugs and legalization and things like that and and. and um, you know, like I, re- I revealed that I have a medical marijuana card and, and I, and I, and I use it in a responsible manner. And I like, I'm actually even surprised that, 
that I don't use a little more recreationally more often. I don't. I, I use it to sleep in the middle uh, middle of the week because it just it helps. Like I feel so good when I wake up because I have a good night's sleep. Well, I take that Prozac every day now, and I feel hey, like a million dollars. <laughs> by the way, fun side effect for Jenny Matthews for the Prozac. Now that she's happier, hey, Jenny has a mouth like a sailor. When Jenny's happy, she says the f word more often. It's hilarious. Mom, I do not. No, she does. But it's in a fun like you know. There's like there's bad cussing and then there's fun cussing. You know, like there's fun cussing. I was and fun cussing up a storm yesterday. She was like, man, I feel so effing good today. Hey, hey, hey. And then I remember yesterday at the end of the show, she was like, hey, hey, great effing show today, guys. Hey, we effing killed it. I'm like, Jenny. And I'm like, but like, that's like her side effect. Like, you'll know that the Prozac's really kicked in and she's in a very good place in her life when she's dropping F-bombs in the happiest way possible. I am here, and I bet you everybody listening to this podcast is here for happy F-bomb Jenny Matthews. Let's effing go. Yeah. <laughs> No, but it was a, uh, I appreciate this conversation because you and I have, uh, you know, we, we've talked about things like this privately before and we've debated bringing up our thoughts and our feelings and our opinions on it because I, you know, I, I know. Well, everyone's I, got I, one about it. Well, That's and why. I know that maybe somebody listening to this podcast right now might actually, after hearing, you know, hearing me say that I went and I got my prescription, you know, they, they, they might look at me a little differently. And if you choose to do so, I can't, I can't stop you from it. But all I can do is explain uh, the way I feel about it how it helps me. I would never do, I've never done, would never do anything past marijuana. But listen, that's mental health too. Yeah. That's the stuff that I'm talking about. Like, and, and I know there are people, oh wow, she takes Prozac. She's crazy. Well, yes, I am crazy, but I, that's self-diagnosed. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, I, it is, I, I suffer with mental illness and I want to erase that stigma. I really do. I want people to know that there is help and that Dude, if I knew I could feel this good, I would have done this a long time ago. I suffered for a long time. All right. And I'm, I'm happy to see you happy and mm-hmm. calm and well-rested, and I'm well-rested. Hey, Tater, what kind of pills you popping back there, bud? <laughs> oh, no, just, what's at the Tater Pharmacy? Cat. Just a seltzer in the afternoon, you know, you know what I'm saying? And maybe, uh, but what all I got to say is for anybody that uh, has any interest in maybe taking any kind of drugs uh, that are legal or illegal, just do oh, research and try to get information on whatever you think you may or may want to dabble in because people get information and, and just be honest and you may or may not make mistakes. I mean, hell, the company that uh, decided to get people off of cocaine invented heroin. So some people do make mistakes, but uh, let's just say maybe sometimes those mistakes are not for the best, but just right. try to get your information and, and do a little bit of research on whatever you may or may not want. And try something, try it in a safe space too, in case you freak out, at least you freak out in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, because yeah, you don't want to be somewhere in a bad place. I think yeah. I've seen this like meme on the internet or something like that, but it's and it's so true when you realize, when you grow up, and you get older and you realize adults, and you realize like, my God, like especially in the 70s or 80s, it is mind-blowing to know how many people did cocaine. Oh, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, like what you like did at a party. Everybody I guess. did cocaine, and they like it is insane. Like, but like growing up, so I was born in '86. But then, so then as I reached adulthood, and you kind of realize, like, you talked about, it, I was like, oh yeah, I did oh, cocaine. Was great. Like I'm, I'm right. like, I'm like, what? Like <laughs> no way. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Man. But they say that, and they're like, yeah. they're like, I tell you what, I'm like, I wouldn't do it anymore. But did it a couple times, and I'm like, wow, that is insane to me. Yeah. And Hey, you're having fun. You do you. That that terrifies me. I would I, like I would never like that. Just that the thought of it sounds terrifying to me. But I'm 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 did not we when we started this podcast we were just going to talk about Morona and and in fact I should be in the Dominican right now. I didn't expect this conversation to come up. I'm very happy it did though. I, well, I we hope, keep it real. 
<laughs> we tell you all the things. Well, I hope you kind of maybe understand us and, and and maybe maybe you've gotten to know us a little better here. And uh, because I'll be honest with you, I you would warn me, Jenny. You're like, be careful talking about it because. There are some people who are just going to judge. There's no way around it. And, and you're absolutely right. Well, I think that's with anything these days. But, yeah, um, and so I hope... I think our people, though, like, I think our people, especially those who listen to the podcast, is these are our people. I mean, I feel like we're, all, we're just real. This is, this is what's going on in our lives. You know yeah. what I mean? This is who we are. I'm not trying to push my stuff on anybody else. Just trying to. I am. You all should start doing some pot. God damn it. I sleep great. I am high as a kite right now. No, I'm not. Because Mike might come at your guy by the end of the episode. I'll start swinging them gummies on the streets off there off truce. Mike's the guy. My co-host goes to prison. If your kids went to Mike's house for Halloween, you might want to check the bags. (laughs) Hey. Hey. You're you're never babysitting my kids. We have some of those fruit snacks. Go to sleep, Miles. Here's a gummy. You say, hey, you say I'll never invite you to watch my kids. But when you when you get home and your kids are knocked out of sleep, you're like, my house is so peaceful. Hey, Mike, come over anytime. Okay. You got any more of those? By the way, I did just have to restart. And uh, uh, black cherry cola is the current flavor of gummy. I'm I'm trying. It's it's. It's a wild flavor. I love like black cherry, like Kool Aid, and like like fruit drinks, like the black cherry flavor. I don't know how I feel about it in the uh, in the candy form, though. It, it's 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 different in a solid form as opposed to being a liquid. But are uh, you gonna pop one of those and drink some Wiener Lager? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I have to be careful because I'm starting my uh, yeah my uh, my thing tonight. My yeah, my beer calendar. advent calendar. I can't do the the marijuana and the beer. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to because it's irresponsible. Kids, that's irresponsible. It's all about responsibility. Are we done? I think we're, we're done. done. Okay, Jenny, Jenny's getting a little cringy here. She's like, all right, enough. I'm pop. getting uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. You know what? That's the best thing. Don't start. We need Nancy Reagan back up in here. Don't, I don't know. do drugs. All right, you say that till though you let me babysit those kids and they're sleeping real good when you get home at night. And I'm just saying, <laughs> ah, the house is so... Pe- we're out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs>